Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla. We are finally here. It's the end of the Divergent Trilogy. Thank God. Because today we are wrapping up Allegiant. And that's also wrapping up book series number seven. And next week we'll be diving into number eight. Yeah. Time flies. And as we say for you every single week, or if you happen to be new to the show and this is your first time tuning in, we're a podcast with the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends and we read and reread YA books from our adolescence and share them with each other. Asia had read the Divergent Trilogy once before, I believe, and I'm the newcomer. Personally, I don't think either of us are ever going to read these books again, but I don't want to put the horse in front of the wagon and I definitely don't want to speak for you, Asia. Yeah, we will definitely get there, but first let's finish the book and this will be your last summary, at least for the next six weeks. Yes, finally. I'll be off summary duty. Also, just want to mention, I'm once again out of town. And so if the audio is bad, once again, it is my fault. Not Asia's. I just, I, I feel like I'm always the one who's out of town. And I feel like I need to preface that, that any audio issues are always my fault. Even when I'm in town. But anyway, just want to preface that before I go into the summary, because... Asia does a really good job producing the episodes, and I just want to give her credit for that. When the audio is all messed up, it's always my fault. Yes. But <laughs> you deserve credit for you deserve credit for the incredible she deserves incredible production credit for what she does for the episodes. So any audio issues are always my fault. But I'm just gonna get into the summary and you're gonna forgive me. So Tobias and Nita put their plan into effect, only to be foiled by Triss. Triss then forgives Tobias and develops a new plan for the Avengers to take down the Bureau. The Bureau is going to reset Chicago, so half of the Avengers go to Chicago to inoculate the people that they like. And the other half is going to use the memory serum to reset the Bureau. To basically think that GPs and GDs are equal. Both parts of these plans end up working. And Tobias and Evelyn even reconcile, but Triss gets killed in the process. And that's the whole book. So my impression was that I was pretty nonplussed by the ending. And I know we'll talk about this, so I'll try not to talk too much. But the fact that I finished the reading, the main protagonist is dead. And I was just glad to be done with the book because it was boring. Like, I think that says a lot about how I feel about the book. But what about you, Asia? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like we talked about this in previous episodes of just like, it just feels like there's no consequences to anything. So I feel like I'm not actually invested in the books. And I know for me, when I finished the series, well, I guess technically I did not finish the series (laughs) the first time I read this because after Triss's death, which is like a few chapters before the end, I put the book down and I didn't look at it for like a few months. Like I never knew how the series ended. Like I was like, yep, this was like the book was all the books were already getting bad. But I was like, yep. And that's where like I don't need to read it. But I did. Well, actually, you do know how it ended because nothing happened after she died. Well, yes. But then like eventually I did end up like picking up and reading those like last three 
or four, however many chapters. Six chapters. The six chapters that are left. But yes, Charles is correct. Nothing really happens of consequence. And yeah, so and I was much more, I was angrier, I feel like, when I read it the first time because it came as like a shock where like Charles did mention that he had known, obviously the big twist ending is the Tris, the main character, dies. So I feel like if you didn't know that, I feel like you'd have a more, like you'd have a, like a more angry like visceral response in that moment whereas since you already knew it was coming you were just like seeing how it was going to play out and yeah it's terrible how it plays out well the uh, listeners don't know that so you guys may if you've been following since we started first covering i said in the first time when we first started covering divergent that i knew something about the ending and that what Asia just said i knew the whole time that tris was gonna die because i knew that from pop culture that that Shailene Woodley's character dies. I mean, she doesn't. I don't think she ended up dying in the movie because they never ended up made. The, they never made the fourth movie. But I knew that that she character, doesn't die in the movies because they never finished it because they were going to change it because people hated it so much. Yes, but I knew that Tris dies. Like that's just something that I knew about the book series, and I tried to not let it impact how I judged it. I think I did a pretty good job, but it wasn't a big shock when she did die. But also. I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit when we get to it. But yes, I think that we definitely have frustrations with the ending. And I think we'll save those for the end of our episodes so that we can kind of, you know, do our thing where we like talk ourselves off a cliff. But we can start with Tris. So she's talking to Matthew and he says that Nita's plan is actually to get the death serum and then use it on the bureau. So that's really pleasant. Which Tris called before she had said that to Tobias, but he didn't believe her. And we both agreed with her that she had some other plan going on, Nita. Yeah, because we're both smart and Tobias is an idiot. Uh, So now Tobias is complicit in an explosion that has put Uriah in a coma. And, you know, and that's really nice that, you know, he's guilty because, and he did all this because he thought Trish was being jealous of Nita being pretty. And I wanted to say that Tobias not only participated in it, but he also got arrested, which was just pitiful. Because, you know, at least if you're going to be with the bad guys, you're not supposed to get caught. But he couldn't even not do that. Yeah, Tobias really is not smart. And, okay, this is another moment when I want to mention the bad writing of this series. Or at least what I personally think of as bad writing. So we have Triss. She's got Nita at gunpoint. And... Nita shoots her to, like, call her bluff that she's not going to kill David. And then we cut away. And we wake up with the next chapter with Tris being in the hospital. But we don't actually know who won the fight, like, who won the day of the revolution until, like, three paragraphs into the next chapter. And I will give Roth credit. Maybe some people really like that. Maybe some people really like, like, that, like, I don't know what happened. But I, as a reader, find that incredibly distracting that i'm like because as i'm trying to read what's currently being written i'm confused as to like what the past events were and maybe she likes it because it's like creating suspense because there's you know that chapter when tris wakes up in the hospital like there's that extra layer of suspense of like is tris like guilty of like being in nita's way or is she going to be praised for like saving the day but I, i don't know how do you feel about that asia because like for me it really for me i find that incredibly bothersome because I'm distracted while I'm reading, trying to figure out what happened. But I wonder, maybe I'm being too judgmental. 
Well, I'd say for me, it's definitely not distracting because to be honest, I don't really know what part you're even talking about. <laughs> so it obviously wasn't flagged in my brain. Like I, I think I have an idea, but like how you're talking about it, it took a couple of paragraphs for them to like say what happened. I don't remember it. Like I don't remember that as being something that bothered me in any way. I think for me, that, that doesn't bother me because I also, I really like reading like more uh, like mystery books and like thriller books that does have you more on the edge of your seat so you have you don't know what's going on so I don't so like I I do think it's more of a personal preference if you like things to be more laid out sequentially and like not as suspenseful but like for me at least in like mystery books or like murder mystery books stuff like that I love when like you have no idea what's going on and like you get a plot twist in the middle like I personally really enjoy that but obviously not everyone does so I definitely think that's more personal preference I don't think necessarily that Roth does it well in this book but that just didn't bother me because I am used to that based on the types of books I do like to read fair enough thank you for checking me because it was like I do realize this is like my personal like control freak personality that I'm like I would like <laughs> I mean I could tell that from how earlier or whatever which like I said to me it's ridiculous that she would literally like the next line would be in a whole new place we have no idea what's going on but I think you to me are more disoriented by that or like just the sheer amount of characters and like it. you're like who is who is the character and where are we like that didn't bother me nearly as much as which is it funny because like reading the Game of Thrones books I was never disoriented by the number of characters and there's like thousands of characters in Game of Thrones but I'm sure those books are much more uh, much better written they are really really well written because but yes I I agree that I like for me I think that my agitation comes from like disorientation like I'm a I'm a Capricorn. I'm a control freak. I like to know what's going on. Well, and I think also being probably confused. because it'd be one thing to be disoriented, but like the writing's good, but like the writing's bad. You don't, the characters suck. <laughs> like you don't know where the story's going. And you're like, where are we in the book? Like you're just all confused and angry. Like you don't know what's going well, on. Tell us how you really feel, Asia. But anyway, let's get back to Tobias because Tobias gets arrested and then Tris like really actually tells him off, which she deserved like a slow clap for what she said. Like, I just was like, yes, Tris, tell him like Tobias is in the wrong. But I had actually kind of forgotten that Tobias is literally supposed to be protecting Uriah like Zeke asked him to do that. And now he has like part of the conspiracy that caused him to get hurt. So that's just another layer of terribleness. Yeah, I did the slow clap, but this is an audio medium, so you guys don't know that. But Asia knows I did the slow clap for Tris. And I have a quote. She says to Tobias, she's like, I the was... slow clap would have still been audible. You did like... I did a, a slow f- silent I, clap, but I can do a real clap. There you go. You're welcome, listeners. But Tris... That's not even... Okay. okay. I was like, it has to be at least two claps to designate a slow clap. Otherwise, it's just a single clap. Okay, well, now you've got a slow clap and a single clap. You're so welcome. Tris says, I've got the quote for you, Asia. She says, I was right again, and you didn't listen. And she was right, but as we knew, she was. But to get back to the ridiculousness of the Bureau, so Tobias gets parole for what could easily be considered treason. And Nita gets life in prison because they don't execute GDs. Like, I understand that he's not as guilty as she is, but honestly, I thought he deserved a harsher punishment than no punishment. Again, they explain this. Again, were we reading the same book? They explain this. Tobias said that they, as part of their plan, they had 
like they had all taken like an inoculation against the truth serum and they had said that they were supposed to put all the blame on Nita and maybe one other person. I know. That they were the master plan and the rest of them were just all minions. And Tobias even said he didn't know what the real plan was. He said, you know what I'm saying? Like, so to the people who were interviewing them under truth serum, so therefore saying that they have to be telling the truth, he said, which Tobias actually didn't know what their real plan was, but they were told something different. Like they were told that they were going to get something, but like they weren't going to kill everybody. Like it was totally different. I still feel like he was... I feel it's like he also got coming off really from the bureau's easily. idea that the genetically damaged, which are I mean, so they make damaged, a comment they later can't of, like, think for themselves. They can't think for themselves because they're damaged. Like it's almost like they're inevitably going to do bad things sometimes. I guess I still feel like he deserved more, but maybe that's because I'm angry at him. Well, anyway, he gets off. He ends up totally fine, and um, we should also mention that in the meantime. In Chicago, Marcus and Johanna are going to start a revolution, which the Bureau doesn't want to allow because Evelyn apparently has death serum, so it's going to kill a bunch of people. Okay, side note, bad writing, that, like, all these things, like, happen to, like, coalesce, that Evelyn happens to find a bunch of death serum just, like, in the city, and obviously the Bureau can't allow that because it'll kill a bunch of divergent GP people. So the Bureau is going to just reset the whole city. And obviously the Avengers are very much against this because it's all the people they know. So Triss now suggests that they use the memory serum on the Bureau leadership to basically forget about the difference between GD and GP. Basically, they're going to like reset David and company and make them think that being GDP, (laughs) being GD and GP (laughs) Are the same. Sorry, my econ degree just came in. I was like, gross domestic product? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Dear God. But this is Trish's new plan. Yes. So they make that plan. And after this adventure meeting, Tris and Tobias kind of finally talk for the first time, like after the whole him getting arrested and put on trial. And Tobias is honestly just a mess. Like Tris even acknowledges that they're kind of having the same fight that they had in the last book. And Tobias starts yelling at her because he says that she just wants him to always agree with her, which I completely disagree because she's just trying to emphasize once again, you know, you're the one who says that you trust my judgment and that I'm smarter than everybody else. But then when it comes down to it, you don't trust my judgment and you go against exactly what I say. And for her, for him to say that he... For him to say that she always wants him to agree with her when he's literally never agreed with her is just, I don't know, the funniest thing ever. Like, it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, you've never even agreed with me. So we don't even have a one-time incidence to, like, compare it to. Absolutely. And also, like, again, Triss's point, because this is the point that I made last week when we covered this, the first half, I was like, it's really annoying because they're having the same fight that we had in the last book. And... Like, I got really annoyed because, and I'm still annoyed. I was annoyed here because Tobias just gets the same character arc for two books in a row, which is sloppy writing. But, like, what you just said is so important that, like, Triss is, like, Tobias has never even agreed with her. And his whole thing is that she's supposed to be so smart. And, like, so maybe, you know, you shouldn't be agreeing with her. I don't, and one, Triss isn't even demanding that you do agree with her every time. But, like, Maybe you should be agreeing with her because you keep saying that she's smarter than everyone else. Well, also, you've already proven that she's she's smarter than you are because she's made the right decisions twice now and you've made the wrong decision. 
And she didn't even ask you to agree with her. Like, like when they had the scene with Nina, this was in last week. It but wasn't like, even about agreeing. Had, she was just like, can we take a moment to think about this? And like, he literally just like goes full force ahead. Nita leaves. And then Tris is like, I don't trust her. And he's like, you're just jealous. This like, is all like, this will all come back because this is why I also feel the ending doesn't work. But we'll get there when we get there. Okay. I have so much to say. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, moving on to another moment. Tris, because she kind of is determined, like she saved the day. David, who's the leader of the Bureau, like, wants her to start, like, training to, like, eventually become a part of the council. So he sends her out with Amar and George to go, like, look at the fringe, like, see where her mother grew up. And we get this weird moment where Amar kind of admits to Tris that he's gay and that at one point he had feelings for Tobias but obviously Tobias didn't return those feelings. So now Amar is with George. And, you know, like, at least that wasn't, like, a throwaway line like we got earlier with Lynn of, like, her being, like, I love Shauna too. Like, this was a clear explanation. You mean Marlene? Shauna's it, her sister. Marlene is the one who died. Wait. Boom. I know the character is oh, better than Asia. wow. You're Boom. right. I messed up. Marlene is Uriah's girlfriend, but Mar- well, Marlene Well, it doesn't matter. They're all the dead building. anyway. But anyway, that, again, throwaway line, so I didn't even remember the name of who she was talking about. Yeah. But at least this, it was, like, much more established. So, like, I guess I didn't really have an issue with this one as much, but it was just kind of random, but... <laughs> That's how I felt, Charles too. has a better, ex- like, an explanation of, like, how, like, why it was kind of presented. Like, so for me, I agree with you. I think this is better than, again... Because with Lynn being like, I'm in love with Marlene was bizarre. Like, because it served no purpose because Marlene was dead. Like, I agree that more than anything, this was random. But it does kind of feed in well to something that we haven't talked as much about. But the the Bureau really is, like, gene-obsessed. And we know that. Like we, like, we know that intrinsically. But, like, they, and especially in this half of the book... Every decision is made based on, like, GPs being better than GDs. And so Amar mentions this, and he says, like, the Bureau doesn't approve of their relationship because GPs, because homosexual unions can't pass on their GP genes. So, like, if you have good genes, you're not passing those on if you're not having procreative sex, like, straight sex. So he, he throws that in basically be like, because I can't, like, reproduce the, the Bureau doesn't really love it, that I'm gay. Okay. And I think that that does really enforce, reinforce this, like, the bad views of the Bureau. Because all of the decisions the Bureau makes are based on the ideas of inferior genes. And I think that that kind of gets, like, sidestepped because Nita hates the Bureau because she's insecure about being GD. Okay. Tris hates the Bureau because they allowed the abnegation destruction. And I think that because we get the book mostly from Trissa's perspective, um, and she's the reason she wants to take on the Bureau is because they, like, killed off the abnegation for, like, a science experiment. Like, the Bureau was doing science fair, and they were like, eh, these people can die. It's fine. Mm. But I think that we... This is one moment I do want to give Roth credit, and that's a lot coming from me because I'm quite judgmental. But she's very <laughs> much focused on emphasizing the misguided beliefs of the Bureau. For example... In the shootout, David is, like, held at gunpoint, dying. And he's like, Nita, it's fine. 
I don't blame you. You've got really bad genes. You're really dumb. You can't help it. Um, like, it's not your fault. Like, you're just GD. Like, you just can't help it. Like, and, or when Tobias gets parole and they're like, you're, you're just too inferior. You're just too dumb. Like, you, we can't hold you responsible for your actions. So he gets off. Or them not approving of homosexuality because it's not functional for their science experiment. Um, like, it really focuses on this idea of superior and inferior genes. And I think that Roth has established that thread quite nicely. And this is, like, a, one of the larger meta-themes of the book series, is that, like, in case anybody listen needs a reminder, anytime any social group has declared that one group is inferior due to, like, genetic weakness, or in this case, like, genetic damage, that's basically always been racist in history. And I don't want to make, like, too sweeping of a generalization, but, like, generally when people decide that, like, a group of population is worse because of their genes, it's pseudoscience to be racist. And that's, like, just, like, history and the reality of our world. And so, like, while the Bureau might really want to be doing a nice thing, they live under what is effectively a racist edict. Like, they're basically saying that, like, half half of the population is inferior. And they know and they, like, have proven or, like, when Tris was talking neat and stuff, they have proof that it is pseudoscience, that they're talking about the genes or what makes humans bad when, like, they have proof of, you know, if we're thinking this post-apocalyptic, all the world, all the wars the world has had before, like, genes were even a thing, like, and they healed the genes. Like, wars just always existed because humans create conflict. Like, it has nothing to do with our genes. Absolutely. So, like, I think that... This maybe was me, like, going a little far into, like, the analysis aspect of it. But I did want to give Roth credit because, specifically because we called out, like, the Lynn homosexuality line in the last book as being, like, insane. Yeah, this felt more like it was more thought out and actually served a purpose in the plot. And I do, and I feel like we also haven't spoken that much about, like, how crazy the Bureau is about genes. Because literally anytime David talks, he's like you can't hold these people to account because they're just so dumb because of like the way they were born. It's kind of put on like the back burner because like you're saying, we're reading from Tris's perspective and Tris like she recognizes the bureau's doing things that are wrong and like that are not okay. But what's ultimately fueling her is her personal vendetta in it of the idea of her just thinking of they're, they're just killing people, but not also not just thinking about how people are literally just being discriminated against for being genetically damaged. Yeah, and tr- because also Tris doesn't see that discrimination. She's like, it doesn't matter whether you're discrimin- whether you're a GD or GP. So when we're reading from her perspective, because she doesn't, she rightfully doesn't see that as a difference that's worth like caring about. We forget that like all of the bureau's actions are based on that, and so I want to give Roth credit for like the homosexuality aspect reinforcing the wrongness of the bureau. Yes. So anyway, after that very serious discussion. Sorry, I went really deep, guys. No, that's good. (laughs) That's good. But then Tris and Tobias finally kind of officially make up and they get back together, which, like I said, the only thing going for me, at least for these books, is the romance. So I was a little excited for them to finally, like, get over it and make up for the 50 bajillionth time. Yeah, uh, you lost me. I was like, I don't want them to reunite. Tris deserves better. Like, I mean, I agree. The best part of the series is that 
is when they're together, like their romance. Also, like Trisha's sexual awakening with this with this man, like because it is freaking hysterical. And also, like I think that was in the first book was written quite well, her sexual awakening. But like at this point, I'm like Tobias is an abusive partner. Like he's gaslighting her. Like he's manipulating her mind. And I'm like, she honestly deserves better. Like maybe she should be with Lynn. Is Lynn alive? I don't know. Lynn's dead. Is Lynn dead too? Lynn's the one who said, I'm in love with Marlene when she died. Are you talking about Uriah or Z? Anyone. She could literally be with anyone, not Tobias. Anyway, (laughs) I do have to say that I do understand that perspective. And again, this points to what you just said about Tobias isn't good enough for Triss. Again, I won't jump ahead, but I think that that plays into why the ending doesn't work. Fair enough. But I'll talk about that in a second. But at this point, we do get Triss's plan and the Avengers plan, I guess, for like what they're going to do to stop the city from... Did we say what the city, what the Bureau's going to do? Yeah, now? we said the Bureau's the Bureau, going to reset them. He's going to reset the experiment, so they're going to put the memory serum. So Triss's plan is that one group of people, so like they're going to split in half. One of the groups is going to go in back into Chicago to basically protect like their favorite people, their chosen people, so like Christina's family, Uriah's family. They're going to go in and give them the, is it called the inoculation? Something. Yeah. The inoculation for the memory serum so that they won't actually lose their memories in case that... In case the other team, which is going to be trying to, you know, reset the Bureau's memories, in case their plan doesn't work, though, that way those people will keep their memories. But everyone is kind of wondering if Triss is going to be immune to the death serum since Triss seems to have, like, this really strong divergence that, like, like she can resist the truth serum, which is kind of, like, unheard of. But ultimately, everyone thinks and they decide that Caleb is going to be the one to basically sacrifice himself to set off the memory serum because in order to set it off, they have to, like, blow off the doors of the weapons lab and the death serum will go. So, like, whoever goes is going to die. And obviously, out of the group, Caleb's the worst person. Like, he almost got Tris killed. He was on the wrong side. Like, so he's obviously the person who deserves to die. But, and, you know... You were kind of thinking, you know, is Tris going to volunteer? Because, you know, before she was like, oh, I'm just going to throw my life on the line. But she goes with Caleb and is like, yeah, that's the best idea because she knows she wants to live. And Caleb agrees to it because, you know, he's really trying to earn redemption from Tris. So I don't know. I feel like the book already, like this is like, it's just going absolutely like downhill, like from this point on. It made no sense because... Also, I'm like, in this, in the circle of vendors, we also have Peter, who is also equally... Con- but Peter wouldn't volunteer to do anything. Like, that but would I'm make, saying they could have nominated sense. Peter. They could have thrown Peter him under the bus. Peter would have never agreed to do it. And they can't... For- like, you have to be able to go in there willingly. So to me, it does make sense that, like, out of everyone there, unless one of the random characters who's, like, just one of the other, like, named <laughs> unless characters... Unless like, 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 I would like to intellectually examine what the feeling of the death serum is. Blah, 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 blah. I am a Like, I'm a saying, robot. I don't really blah, think blah, blah, anybody blah, blah, blah. was ready to, like, volunteer themselves to die. And it made sense that out of everyone, Caleb was the one who was... who. If anyone's getting the death penalty, it should be Caleb. He literally was supposed to be executed. And, like, Tris... Tris already saved him once. Tris already saved him once. So it made sense. But this idea of 
already it's just setting it up terribly because like Tris literally couldn't let Caleb get executed when he was going to kill her. How do you think that she's going to let him go through with it? Like already, like it's just to me, it was just set up. It's just not believable. And that's a really good point. We'll definitely talk about that in a second. And we should mention that like Christina has also given Tobias the extra task of resetting one of his parents because Christina is the only person who's noticed the very important point that Triss's plan, even if it goes to plan, Evelyn is still going to release a bunch of death serum on people. And she's like, we need to stop that from happening too. (laughs) Because even if they reset the bureau, if Marcus still causes a revolution, Evelyn, who conveniently has a bunch of death serum, is going to kill a bunch of people. And Christina's like, maybe we shouldn't let them do that either. And so now Triss, I mean, Christina is like, Marcus, no, okay. (laughs) Again, too many names. Christina says to Tobias that he must fix either Marcus or Evelyn so that they don't end up with mass death in Chicago in addition to Avengers Plan 1, Triss's memory plan. I just got to say, I mean, I feel like you're analogy of it being like a video game is the perfect example of like this would be a great video game because it's like the ultimate challenge and you get to play as two different characters you get to play as Triss then you get to play as Tobias like but two different challenges running yeah in different like that's definitely like I just think that was like the perfect um where's my slow clap comparison that's a slow clap thank you Thank you. She did a slow clap first try really well. I mean, it really was written like a video game. Anyway, so since he can only, he's only going to have time to fix one of them, did you have a theory as you're reading as to whom he would reset or who he should at least? Well, he should absolutely reset Evelyn. Like, and he also finally gets there because Tobias is very slow. So he has to like, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. But he's like, I guess I should do, like, whatever's going to cause, like, the least, like, the most amount of good or, like, the least harm. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe, like, the tyrant dictator. Maybe, like, you should reset her. Also because, like, That's so funny that, like, you're saying how she has the death serum. I'm going to be honest. I forgot she even had the death serum. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Like, it's bizarre writing that, like, out of nowhere, we haven't heard of death serum until, like, this reading. When we find out there's death serum in the lab... Like, if you break in to the vault, there's death serum. And then, like, they go to... Tris goes to the council meeting, and David is like, psych, Evelyn has a bunch of death serum out of nowhere. And I'm like, how was there death serum, like, lying around in Chicago? Yeah, I totally forgot about that because... Well, I guess you didn't finish what you were saying. But, like, no, I mean, I've, I've been meaning to rant about that since I read it because it was like, this feels like a really big plot point that, like... Especially because all the other serums, like, apparently, like, the Bureau has been, like, sneaking them into Janine to, like, give her, like, advanced data. But, like, apparently they were totally fine with a cache of death serum just being left in Chicago that Evelyn finds out of nowhere. And no explanation for that. Because, again, we, again as we've been saying, all book series, we just needed Evelyn to, there, and we, we needed there to be conflict. Like, we didn't need an explanation. We just need the plot to move forward. But anyway, I think he should reset Evelyn because she's a tyrant and Marcus doesn't actually have any power right now. So obviously he should reset Evelyn because at least 
not that I agree with, not that Tobias agrees with Marcus's views, but Marcus wants to give people the choices of factions, whereas Evelyn is wants to remove all choice. So also Marcus is not in charge right now, so it makes more sense to reset Evelyn. Yeah, I think, yes, I think I put down that, again, I forgot about the death serum, and honestly, how Tobias, like, is, when we are reading from his perspective, he's thinking about it to me from, like, a way more, like, personal decision, because he keeps saying, he's like, which parent, like, am I willing to, like, lose, or, like, possibly get to, like, start over with, and to me, like, it would just seem obvious that who he's ultimately afraid of is Marcus, so, like, that's who it would, like, he would choose, like, to like, make disappear, you know? Obviously, like, change his personality completely. But like you just said, like, it makes sense. Evelyn was the one... Evelyn's the one in power. She's the one who's, like, actually a dictator. Like, Marcus, yes, was terrible to Tobias, but he wasn't necessarily a terrible leader. And also, he talks about, like, resetting. Also, he talks, too, about how even to get to the memory serum to them who's gonna trust him like when they see him evelyn's gonna be the one evelyn is the only one who would let him in and like get close enough to her he marcus wouldn't want to even have a conversation with him so like it was yeah it was pretty obvious that it was evelyn yeah and so then basically we like wake up and we've got like the final prep for the battle and tris and tobias almost sleep together but they don't thoughts i was very disappointed i did not remember it like that i thought that they i just assumed they did but i guess i was mistaken i mean talk about like bad writing that like we've had so much sexual buildup from these two for so long to nothing to nothing and again not saying like that's not me like putting like extra value on like sexual intercourse like doesn't mean their relationship didn't matter from like an emotional perspective but like the whole of her book, she's literally just, like, having a sexual awakening. Like, she's just, like, discovering what it means to be attracted to someone. And then all of last book, they're like, we want to find some time alone together. But we can't. And people keep asking her, like, are you guys sleeping together? And she's like, not yet. I'm not ready. It's not happening. We never find alone time. And then this book, they're fighting because he's in jail. <laughs> and then they die. She dies, yeah. I mean, it's still not as bad as um, Lyra and Will. I don't know why that just made me think of that. But I, that, I'm never reading those <sighs> books again. That literally destroyed me. Like, I was just, for some reason. But that was heartbreaking because for they, For like, some reason, that just made me think of that when they, like, have to separate worlds and they'll literally never see each other again. I'm going to cry right now. That's, like, heartbreaking. But you, like, love those two characters together. Like, they... They like you're heartbroken for them as a reader because they've built something over their like months of traveling together that like you want them to be happy. Whereas like the ending of this book, I was like, I mean, we'll get there. But like it didn't even feel like they were missing out on that much. I think they were been fighting I for think so that long. The ending would have been better if she wouldn't have died. Which I'll say when we get there I mean, why I think that. Yes. Well. Anyway. Also, this is just me being confused, but I didn't realize until, like, that morning that Tris and Tobias were going to split up. Like, they were, leaked, like, each leading a prong of the plan. Like, I just, I guess that, maybe that wasn't clear. Maybe I'm just too dumb to realize it. I think 
I mean, I don't know how clear it was, but I mean, it was obvious that Tobias was definitely obviously going to Chicago and... But I didn't realize Tris wasn't going with him. Again, I remember how the book went, so I can't really tell you if, if it was like obvious or not. I just, to me, it was very clear that Tobias was going to Chicago. I don't remember, I don't like even reading now, I don't know if it was necessarily clear until the day of that Tris was not going to go with him. Also, like, why didn't they just, like, go to Chicago the day before? Then they could have all gone to Chicago together, dealt with the inoculation then. It's because everything was at the last minute. Like, they had limited time to, like, make the plan. I thought they had, like, 48 hours. Like, they had a whole day. Or, like, even, like, the morning when they're teaching Caleb to shoot. But they also had to plan it where if they're leaving, they can't be, like, suspected of leaving. Because don't they go at night? I don't know. I I guess they go in the morning. I don't know. But, like, again, the suspense, who knows? Well... This moment, when I finally realized they were going to split up, I had a Hunger Games moment, and I was like, it was like catching fire. And I was like, Pete and Katniss, don't separate. You separate, all hell's going to break loose. And as we know from catching fire, that's what happened. And then Tris and Tobias split up, and all hell breaks loose. And as they're going, so the people going to back to Chicago are Tobias, Christina, Peter. I don't remember anybody else. And then, but... Before they go, all of the people who do go to Chicago, they all inoculate themselves against the memory serum. Again, just in case the other side of the plan doesn't work and the memory serum is dropped on Chicago, they will, like, still hold on to their memories. But Peter does not inoculate himself. Like, Tobias notices this. And he, Tobias has, like, the memory serum he's going to use on Evelyn or Marcus. And Peter actually tries to, like, fight Tobias to get it because he really wants to, like, erase himself because he's, like, ashamed of all the terrible things he's done. And, like, he and Tobias, you know, they have, like, this whole conversation of, like, you should do the work, like, to be better. And, like, Peter's like, but I know it won't work. Like, because Peter is essentially, I mean, how he described it is he's, like, a psychopath, like, or sociopath, like, how they're described, like, their brain just works differently. And, like, they don't have the same capacity of, like, for emotion. So, I mean, I think in the real world, if you could, like, uh, I I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. I was, like, I guess this is a kind of interesting thing. Like, I just, I guess, I just didn't care by the end. Like. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it was one of those things where, everything else going on, you're just, like, okay. It was fascinating that Peter is, like, I'm such a bad person that I realize I need to start over. But. I'm not bad enough to motivate myself to put in the work to become a good person. So I'm just going to take the easy way out. Because Tobias even says, he's like, you could just, like, try to be a better person. And Peter was like, yeah, I'm not going to follow through. Like, it's better to start over. And Tobias is like, yeah, you're probably not going to follow through. And, like, it's definitely easier. But I don't know. Like, I actually think this is, like, actually one of the more interesting ethical dilemmas, like, brought up in the series and I think, think it was interesting. I just didn't care. Like, I did not care what happened. Because it was like, yeah. Peter has done some just good indifferent. things. He's done some bad things. Like, he's helped the Avengers. If he wants to forget himself, that's his yeah, choice, I guess. I just, Moving on. Like, yeah, and I was like, Tobias also doesn't really seem to care that much. Because he's like, I mean, if, you, if I don't use the serum, you can have it. Like, it, I don't know. It just, it just really did not matter to me at all. Also, because, like, why would it matter? Because Peter's been, like, not a character that we've ever liked. Like, he's done good things sometimes, but we're not sympathetic towards Peter. So, like, why would I even care about his ethical dilemmas? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. I feel like I feel pretty indifferent to that. 
<laughs> but anyway. <laughs> That's so... Wait, I just want to mar- remark that we both are, like, ambivalent and different about a guy deciding to, like, lose all his memories because we're that somewhere we are with this book. Just, just thought I would mention yeah. that. Yeah. We're also... Because I'm like, this doesn't even matter. We have to get to, like, Tris because to me that's the only thing I can actually have the energy to even speak on because everything else Okay, just well, we are there now. Let's get, let's get so to Tris. But anyway, so this is where, you know, everything just gets thrown out the window, the whole plan, because... Tris decides that, which this is what I was writing down because, again, I didn't remember really exactly how the scene played out, but Tris, to me, like, in this moment, kind of really thought she was invincible and she'll be able to survive the death serum, which is kind of why she ends up forcing Caleb to give her the stuff to go set off the bombs because she ultimately, like, I, like, understand. Like, to, it, to me, it was very stupid, but I can understand, like, her true, like, part of her is at the core abnegation like that selfless side of her it's coming out and she does not want her brother to die for her especially she doesn't want him to die for her out of guilt because she this whole like series i feel like they've talked about this i or tris has kind of talked about learning about what it is to sacrifice yourself for someone like her parents did for her and like her and tobias have this like thing they talk about like that i guess they learned in abnegation of like people should only people sacrificing themselves for you is like how they tell you they love you. And like, even though it's selfish to let them do that, it's okay because it's an act of love and it's a selfless act for them, something like that. But she's like, Caleb isn't doing it for that. Like, cause right before like they do the plan, they like play what they call like playing candor, candor or something where they like Mm -hmm. have to tell the truth. And Caleb says that he's doing it because he just can't live with the guilt of what he's done to Tris and what he did to everyone. And so he feels like this is his way for redemption, which I'm like, if he feels that way, let him let him go die. Like, he deserves it. Also, if he said he can't live with it, then, like, don't make him live with it. And if you sacrifice yourself, then, like, he's going to live with it. And that's not very nice of you either, Tris. And he's now going to live with the idea of you died for him. But, like, so I, I, like, understand Trista's thought process. And to me, this is consistent with what her character has been. Sure. This idea of her discovering what self-sac, like, sacrificing yourself actually means. And I feel like in this moment, she actually discovers what it is to sacrifice yourself for someone you care about. And she does go through with that. But it's just unfortunate because you're like, um, we nobody wanted you to die. Like, nobody asked you to do that. And also, like, she's not thinking about Tobias and, like, how, yeah, she's being selfless or Caleb, but what about Tobias, the other person who loves you? I mean, I guess he's wronged you in different ways, but definitely not in the same way that Caleb has wronged you and literally betrayed you and basically, like, doesn't even treat you like you're his sister at all. It just, like... But, like, I understand, because also it's it's that in the moment that, like, flip-the-switch kind of impulsive decision is ultimately what it was, which I guess that's, like, the dauntless in her... I guess. I just, like, at this point, I, again, at this point in this book, I didn't care. I was like, I know she thinks she's immune, or she's going to be at least resistant to the serum. But, like, the same problem I had with Tobias, of having the same arc, I feel like, I think that you explain this better, so maybe they're like, I disagree with, I don't want to say I disagree, because I think that your argument is better than what I'm going to say. But, like, when I was reading it, I was a little frustrated that, like, I was like, this is Triss's arc from last book. She spent the whole last book on a journey to value her own life. 
and it feels like she kind of throws it out here. But I think that your explanation of like how she's finally learning sacrifice is actually more valid than that. So maybe scratch my opinion. But that was my initial opinion that I was like, it kind of feels lazy that Tris goes through the same thing of like, but of like, but I think you're right. I feel like now she's like said, she's actually learned what it means to sacrifice yourself. And she's like, also, I mean, to me, where I said I feel like what she was being stupid is she definitely went in it like she was going to survive. Well, we should mention she does not survive. Well, she didn't survive, obviously. But anyway, so, yes. Yeah, so back to Tobias, because obviously this is a flipping, flip-flopping back and yeah, forth. Yeah, we just, like, we just, like, drop characters. Boom, 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 boom. So I wrote that, you know, obviously since Tobias was about to lose Tris, because, again, I knew how this was going to end, he does get his mom back, which I just... My eyes just rolled into the back of my head when I read this, like, of he, like, offers Evelyn the tr- the memory serum, and she, like, chooses him, and so they, like, have a reconciliation, and I was like, nobody cares. Nobody cares about relationship with Evelyn. Evelyn is literally the worst person on earth. Like She's such a bully. She was a literal tyrant, like, but anyway. But I, <laughs> this is... When I was writing in my notes, when I was reading the scene, it was it was happening because now we're back to Tris, and like I didn't because again, boom, 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 character. And I swap. didn't remember exactly how it went, but I wrote, I said, "Oh wait, I almost forgot." Tris somehow does survive the death serum. I'm pretty sure, which does make her ultimately seem pretty invincible. But she gets she dies by like getting shot or something, which is obviously a very stupid death. She triumphs over something that's seemingly impossible only to be killed by something so simple and i wrote well let's see if that's what it is yes that's what it is when she gets into the weapons lab david who's in his wheelchair has a gun and tris is he thinks that tris is there to like steal the death serum or steal something but she's actually there to set it off so she goes and she like types in the code which also plot hole how did she remember i guess she was there the whole time with caleb so i guess she knew all the instructions yeah, she said she learned them while Kayla was memorizing them. But anyway, while she does that, she's able to set everything off, but David shoots her. I think she gets shot, I think, like, twice. I yes. think he shoots her twice. So it's definitely fatal. Which, again, this is why, I mean, even when I read it the first time, I've always hated this book. I've always hated this ending, which, again, is why I've n- never reread it. And ultimately because, I mean, okay, there's not... It's not saying you can't kill your main character because that is sometimes that happens in stories, but it wasn't even a good main character death. And like, I remember, like I did, like I said, I didn't really remember how the book actually ended after this because the first time I read it, I just put it down and was like, I'm done with the book. But to me, it was just like, again, you had Tris conquer the seemingly impossible for her to be killed by a bullet. It just seems like, I don't know. And also again, like, we'll get into in a second is what the rest of the book gives you her death is ultimately pointless like it serves nothing and not even like it serves nothing it serves nothing for the book but again let's let, let's wrap up and it serves nothing for the reader like it just is like sort of, yeah like I'll, I'll wait i'll wait i think I, there's something I have, to, yes i have something to say about pointless but let's just finish first so so yes so tris is successful she resets the bureau Peter does reset himself, and Tobias and Evelyn make up, and that's the ending. So let's just wrap up everything we have, and then we'll talk about Trish's death and the ending. Okay? Do you have any other notes before we get into, like, the freeform discussion? 
Well, so, I mean, we should just, like, wrap up basically, like, a little bit more of what happens, like, basically, because Tobias almost, like, he ends up, like, they flash, Tobias wants to, like, take the memory serum because he misses Triss, and so he wants to reset himself, too, but Christina, like, follows him, and she convinces him not to because she's like, Triss would not have wanted you to do that, which I guess is, like, kind of a heartfelt moment, but, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. In the moment, I was like, Tobias should take the memory serum because the only thing that makes Tobias' character good was what was Triss. I mean, the only way Christina convinces him, she's like, are you sure you want to forget Triss? Because that seems kind of rude. Because <laughs> she's dead, and you're just going to forget about her? That seems really rude. And he's like, Christina, why would you say this to me? But that happens. And then they flash forward like two years and like they're like furthering their lives. But again, it like doesn't really serve anything. And like then Tobias, they like all go to finally like scatter Triss's ashes. And they he goes on the zip line for her. Blah, blah, blah. So that, that's basically and then that's the end. That's the end. And the last line, I think, is of him and Christina being like, oh, we're just going to, like, hold on to the good moments now. Like, even though, you know, all of our friends died in this war. And not only, it's not even just all our friends, because I'm thinking of how the Hunger Games ends. How we essentially do get a happy ending, because we get Katniss and Peeta together, r- starting their new life. The start of, like, the new Panem, or whatever they're going to call it. Like, a, a, it's a new beginning, but you get the characters you followed for the whole book, the characters that you as a reader are personally invested in. You get to see what's going to happen to them. Whereas in this book, the main character that we've been invested in for the whole book is dead. So to me, that's just why I like it wouldn't work. But before we like fully jump into the free form, I did want to say that when Tobias finds out about Triss dying, because again, we flip back and forth. So they come back. Kara or whatever is there and she is the one who like tells them that Tris didn't make it she didn't survive and she says this terrible line that says I suppose a fire that burns that bright isn't meant to last I just threw up in my mouth that is awful that is terrible writing terrible writing terrible trying to explain why you made an edgy decision like she just killed Tris to try and be edgy to make her book different and First of all, it just wasn't well done at all, but also it just didn't serve any purpose and it literally threw away everything we just read. Like it threw away everything we just read from the past series. The whole series is about Triss, Triss's growth, Triss becoming an adult, becoming a woman, becoming a strong, selfless, brave woman, and you killed her. Yes, I have thoughts on that. So quickly, just for my notes, we've been tracking the trains in the two-year epilogue. Kara's driving the trains, and apparently they know how to stop now. I just thought we wanted to mention that. It's been factionless until now, or unclear until now, but in the epilogue, apparently Kara finds her secret passion, which actually be a train conductor. Isn't that so terrible to be erudite, and all she ends up is as a train conductor? Well, again, I was just like, this is surreal. Why is she riding the trains? And two, Evelyn, in the epilogue, also says she doesn't like politicians. Homegirl, you are a politician. And <laughs> or she, she was one. Also, we a never mentioned one. the fact that like Evelyn was really freaking rude to Tris, and Tobias just like never acknowledges that. But okay, moving on. So back to let's just finish. I think that, that those are all our notes. Let's talk about like the general. So with Tris's death, 
I didn't care about the ending because I was already so bored with the books. So I should want to preface that. And I did know it was coming. Like, I wanted to be angry. But, but because there was no point to Triss's death, like, I agree with you. I feel like it was just for shock value. But it felt incredibly lazy because afterwards, nothing happened. Like, we did not actually see the repercussions of her death other than, like, that one Tobias moment. Like, I know that he's, like, sad. But, like, he's known Triss for, what, like, three months of his life. Like, one, they haven't known each other that long. But I think there's a really good point to be made about, like, wasteful loss during conflict and a wasteful loss during war. Like, pointless death. But no one makes that point in the series. Like, no one after she dies, because we have six chapters and I was looking for this. No one says, like, what a waste it was that she had to die because, like, especially, like, you mentioned, like, she's invincible against the freaking serum and then she gets killed by a bullet. Like, like, no one makes the point of how ridiculous that is. And that's actually, like, a really important and, like, interesting thematic place to go to. Like, talking about, like, like, the point, like, the point, I'm using this word over and over again, but, like, pointless death in conflict. Like, I think that's actually a really good place to go. But she doesn't go there. She just kills off Triss, and, like, Tobias is sad. That's it. Like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Am I making any sense? I do understand why you're, what you're saying, but like I said, are you done? Because I'm going to go on a rant now. Yeah, but I'm just, like, I'm trying to, like, the benefit of the doubt of, like, that she could want to kill off the main character. No benefit of the doubt here. But I'm saying, like, there's something that you could do with that, but she didn't do it. So now I'm fresh. Now I was... Like, not even angry. I, like, don't even care. Okay, now you can just go angry if you want. But, like, I want to, like, get, I want to get, give the point that, like, there's potential. I don't actually mind a main character dying at the end of the series. But, like, for example, you brought up the game Hunger. You brought up the Hunger Games. At the end of the Hunger Games, a bunch of our characters are dead. Like, I almost know. all of our protagonists. And you know that those characters are living with them beyond. And we have pointless death at the end of the Hunger Games. We have Prim dying and Katniss facing the repercussions of pointless death. And in the epilogue of the Hunger Games, she's like, I'm never going to not have nightmares. I'm never not going to imagine the arena. It's I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. Like the way that Suzanne Collins writes it. She's like, she's like, it's never going to escape me. Like my children are going to, when they're old enough, they're going to know about this. And so it doesn't like, it feels intentional Whereas in this, it felt completely like there was no purpose. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. In my opinion, I feel like just ultimately why it doesn't work is because even what you're talking about the Hunger Games, I, what you're saying about the pointless death, especially because like this is a conflict of war, it doesn't work because tri- the whole story has been told from Triss's perspective. In the Hunger Games, like what you're saying of how we hear from Katniss, how she's being affected by Prim's death, by Finnick's death, all these people she met, they're pointless deaths because of war. That's why, to me, Tobias should have died. Because Triss is the character we are connected with. We've lived in her mind now for three books. And I feel like she tried to, since this this book was told from both perspectives, she was trying to transfer what we got from two books with Triss onto Tobias in half a book and be like, okay, this character that you've been 
living inside is going to die so that I can just transfer over for this shock value. And it just doesn't work because as a reader, we're invested in Triss. Yeah, we have And no how you're even saying bias. about the pointless death and a main character dying, it would have worked if the book was told from the third person. Because then we would have been getting, it would have just been told as a story, or if you get like third person omniscient where we're getting multiple people's like perspectives and thoughts. But we're, for the majority of the series, only getting Triss's perspective. So when she dies, we've lost, we're lost on this path of who are we following now? Like we were Triss in the story. We were experiencing the story as Triss. And yeah. that's why we even, I mean, at least I feel like I mentioned of when we start to hear from Tobias's perspective, it feels clunky. It doesn't feel right because we're, we've already connected to Triss. So it feels Absolutely. like, why are we getting this outside perspective all of a sudden? Absolutely. And ultimately she did that so that she could kill Triss, but it didn't work because Tobias isn't the main character and Tobias didn't have enough buildup from his perspective to me to serve as the main character at the end to get that wrap up with the bow story at the end of, because guess what? Like how you're saying how we feel so indifferent because guess what? I don't care what happens to Tobias at the end. I only cared about Tobias in relation to Triss. True. I wanted Tobias in the story to be with Triss, but now that Triss is gone, I don't care what happens to Tobias because I wanted to know what happened to Triss. We saw Triss's journey. We heard about Tobias's journey. We saw Triss. And Triss's dreams, like Triss is so, when she finds out about the rest of the world, she wants to go explore. She wants to learn. Tobias, even when we're getting character, chapters from his character, he doesn't have any ambition. He doesn't have any vision. Like, he's just like, he's just there like, oh my God, I'm so sad. I'm a little GD and no one likes me. But also it feels like that because again, everything we, we experience of him. Tobias is through Triss's eyes. When she first meets him, and then yes, we get introduced to his, we get introduced to his present thoughts in this book, but we don't know anything about how he was raised. Like it just doesn't feel as genuine because we haven't been reading from him for long enough. And I guess also like since I did do like a little bit more research, like because how we did the little intro to the series, something I read had said that when Veronica Roth originally was writing the book, she was writing from Tobias's perspective and then she changed her mind and said that she wanted to tell it from Triss. And so to me, that just rubs me the wrong way because like maybe it was her plan all along to kill Triss, but then she ended up changing her to be the perspective. And I'm just like, it doesn't work the same way. And again, we, now that we've read so many series on this podcast, I want to actually give, crossing my heart, I want to give Stephanie Meyer credit because in Twilight, in Breaking, Breaking Dawn, Dawn, we get a new narrator, but it's done well in a way that like Jacob is, it doesn't fundamentally change Jacob as a character when we start to read from his perspective, but it doesn't feel completely out of touch with the series. And it feels functional because during Jacob's section in Breaking Dawn, Triss is in labor and she's basically dead. So, Kat, like, uh, oh my God, I almost said Katniss. It's Triss, uh, Bella. Bella. You said Triss. Yes. <laughs> you know, one of the women, one of the women in our series. Bella is basically like, she can't think. So it makes sense. She wouldn't be a great narrator during this time. But like, if you like, I want to give Stephanie Meyer credit that like when we were introduced to Jacob, it didn't detract from our like love of Bella, but it fleshed out a character in a new way, but it didn't like change the focus of the book. 
and also the fact that all of Jacob's chapters were grouped together, so it was a separate section where, like, especially for you who doesn't like the flip flip-flopping, I mean, not every chapter was every other, but all, like, it, it would be close. a Trish chapter, Tobias. Like, we'd constantly be flipping back and forth. And sometimes it wouldn't even just be necessarily because, oh, Tobias is going to do something without Triss. Like, they would be in the same scene together, and then we'd <laughs> just get the scene continuing from a new perspective. Yeah. I mean, there was plenty of times, Charles, especially because, like, if you would stop reading, like, sometimes I would stop reading in the middle of a chapter, put the book down, like, because I was on the train or something, and then when I came back to it, I would be reading. My first assumption is that I'm reading from Triss's perspective until he says something about his mom, and then I was like, why is Chuckman her mom? Her mom's dead. And then I was like, oh, I forgot we're reading from Tobias's perspective. I keep forgetting. Yeah. Because also I would say, I mean, do you feel that their voices were that different? No. I think that's also, like, that goes to writing, obviously, because I'm thinking, like, since talking about Twilight, like with Bella and Jacob, like Jacob has a clearly like he's a different jargon. Like he talks completely different. Also, he's like angry thinks, all the freaking time. And Bella's only yeah, like, Edward's a pretty. I like, want him If to you hurt set down me. the chapters without labels, you would know immediately that this was, I mean, and for people who've read Twilight, you would immediately know this is a Bella chapter. This is a Jacob chapter. But for this, like I'm saying, like if it was clear, I wouldn't have even had to think like that because, but to me, I think that's part of it. Like the, writing skill is or the writing wasn't good there because obviously like their voices were too similar for it to be that distinguished which again is like why did you even why did you need to put Tobias's voice in it if you only did that because you wanted to kill Triss and you're like how am I going to kill my main character when she's the one narrating the story yeah I think that's also part of it is that like in the six chapters after Triss's death nothing happens and it's because it wasn't thought out well because like the whole book could have been told from Triss's perspective and it would be the same content because nothing happens after Triss dies. But the only reason we had narration from Tobias is because we needed like something to happen after Triss died, but nothing happened. So it wasn't even worth it. Anyway, I have one more final point I want to make before we wrap up the series. So do you have anything else you want to say? I think like, I don't know. Also one last thing I'll just say is I think it kind of angered me too, because I believe just like the last, I think the last like two or three chapters right after Triss's death, it still says like, because the chapters say like Triss, it says Tobias. The last like three, the first three chapters, because I said there's six, because first of all, two of the chapters are literally a paragraph. Yeah. And those say Tobias, but the, the like final chapters of the book, there's no name because it's essentially become Tobias's story. And again, I have an issue with that. The book was Triss's story, which is like to me, ultimately it didn't work for me because we were, we, we picked up Divergent. We were introduced to this 16 year old girl who was finding herself. And by the end of the story, we're reading about a broken man. And who signed up for that? Not me. I did not sign up for that. I did not. Broken man, afraid of heights. Okay, I did not said, sign up for that. <laughs> actually ties into what I want to say. So that was actually the perfect final point. So thank you for making that. Do you remember what I said when we finished the Giver Quartet? That we would never recommend that series anyway. Close. But I said that if you liked the first book of the Giver Quartet, you I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend, recommend you read the rest of the series. And I would say the same thing about this. In that the first book is very traditional... 21st century dystopian teenage lit. Like we have a society that has arbitrary rules and our 
characters are rebelling against it. And I remember when I said that, when I first read the series, and you were like, I don't know, it's going to get way bigger than that. And I was like, how? Like, this is so obvious. But then the third book comes along, and the third book is a sci-fi novel. The third book is about, like, gene therapy, and, like, yep. we get way too many shots, too many infusions. It's like, so if you enjoyed the first book, you would not feel like you were getting the same story by the end. And I know we've, you and I have talked about this personally, but I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. But like, if you finished, like when you finished the Hunger Games, the one, that book, you could finish the Hunger Games and you don't have to keep reading. That book in and of itself is a complete thought. And we already know Divergent as in and of itself, not a complete thought. You finish the book <laughs> and you're like, I'm not done reading. I'm missing three chapters. So that aside, but if you finished Hunger Games, and someone spoiled to you, they're like, oh, by the way, by the end of the series, Katniss is going to accidentally kind of lead a rebellion that's going to overthrow the government. But you'd be like, that kind of makes sense. Like, you like, I can see how that but, is within... Because the society you were introduced to was on the edge of rebellion as it was. Exactly. And you'd be like, this is not, does not feel like it is out of left field. If you finished Divergent and you told me, psych, everyone in the in the world is part of a simulation and half of them are deemed are deemed genetically inferior to the other half i'd be like you're crazy and so like you like sold me a one bill of goods in the first book by the third book it's completely different and this goes to what you just said we, about we got bamboozled we got, bam, we got, we got bamboozled. bamboozled and it's just like the same parallel of like we get sold on tris we end up with Tobias. We got bamboozled that way too. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean. So thank you for making that point because I wanted to make like the, this book went from being dystopian to like a full on sci-fi novel. And you made the similar point of like, it went from a Tris novel to a Tobias novel. And that's, I mean, okay, maybe we're being too judgmental, but like it was not enjoyable. Well, again, it would be, it would have been different if I think the way to fix it would either be the whole story should have been told from the third person because that would have taken away the personal connection to Triss that we feel. Because again, in a first person novel, you are the main character because you're reading from their perspective. So like, I feel like if you would have- if We're she- literally in Triss's mind when she's like, I don't know if I should choose a different faction because it might hurt my parents' feelings. Yeah, if she would have made it third person omniscient, whatever, something like, so we could still hear their thoughts and then we could get more of Tobias's thoughts throughout the books in total so that we're setting it up that, you know, Tobias is going to essentially be the main character that's left. That would have been better. Or I would have killed Tobias at the end. I would have done something else where Triss, Triss has to learn how to survive without Tobias. Like you even said, I mean, he ultimately didn't deserve her in the end anyway, because Triss is the Katniss. Like, just like the Hunger Games, the Hunger Games isn't about Peta. It's not about Gale. We're there for Katniss. And if Katniss would have if Katniss would have died, I don't think people would like the Hunger Games nearly as much as they do. Because why are we reading the books? We're reading the books for Katniss. Yeah. Like And also just like it just feels like everything is initiated by Triss. Why are we getting like again? I'm okay with her dying. And again, it's the it's I'm the okay first person dying, perspective. But it felt like it's the first there was person no reason perspective. for her dying for the book series because nothing happened afterwards. And I know we're rehashing ourselves, so we'll stop after this. But like, because there was no purpose, there was nothing afterwards for her dying. It was it feels like it was just written in for shock rather than for actual like thematic exploration. 
and therefore not it's not a good choice to kill her like yeah like i mean i've mentioned we mentioned other series i always can bring it back to harry potter but like in the final book of harry potter a bunch of our main characters die or secondary characters die in the battle of okay, hogwarts spoilers 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 like, i didn't say any of their names but like it's heartbreaking because like and you don't even get to watch their deaths because you know you're following Harry around in the battle. Well, I guess, but isn't Harry Potter isn't told from the first person? No, it's third. person. So technically, if they would have killed Harry Potter, I mean, obviously you're connected to Harry Potter, but if they would have killed, it wouldn't. It's not the same. Like because basically, I mean, how we're reading the book, like it's like we died in the story because again, we're playing a video game. Well, we literally do. Tris is literally like, I can see my mom, and I'm finally gone. Thank you, Jesus. Like it's literally like. But it's more like, because it's first person, she's like, I see my mommy, I'm tired, goodbye. But also like, when it's like, she set up the book so it's alternating between Tris and Tobias, and like, Tobias's chapters all sucked. So you're like, <laughs> oh, we're left is left with is this guy? Bring Tris back. Like, I just can't. It's just Make really... Make Tris great again. <laughs> but also like, what you were saying about how comparing it to The Giver, for me, like, I honestly wouldn't even recommend reading the first book because like we said the book's not even like finished at least well. the giver the I would first say book maybe you could be like, like maybe, that was a complete thought maybe you just read the first half or i would say <laughs> once once the once the first the simulation after the fear simulation once tris passes she ranks number one her and tobias kiss close the book and throw it away never look at it again <laughs> because after that everything again just goes absolutely insane so it's just not even worth it just read that so you can get that like nice butterfly feeling of like new romance and then move on to the next book like and never think about it ever again and if you're really curious just watch the movies because at least the movies aren't finished so you won't ever have to know the terrible ending that was given which i will comment that to me it does make sense why the movies the movies were not complete completed because obviously also like just based off how the movies when they came out as they came out the movies were getting worse and worse reviews and reception because slowly but surely more people were finishing the series or the people who didn't read the books were watching it and they're like, this isn't what we signed up for. We've been bamboozled. We came to see a movie about Shailene Woodley growing and now it's this crazy gene therapy thing. What are we watching? Yeah. Well, I'm, I will stand by what I said. I don't think I'm ever going to read these books ever again. I'm so sad. This is also because, like, I own these. They're on my Kindle. I was so excited to read them because I was like, I already have these. They're on my Kindle. What a mistake. For once, we got a series that both of us will never read again. Because what we've... Well, Percy Jackson, we're never going to read again. That's fine. I think I think I could read... I think, again, if I ever did, I would only read the first book. And then I would have the trauma and be like, oh, I can't go farther. <laughs> no. I could never read Percy Jackson again. I'm not going to read the Alchemist series again unless I'm with, like, my children. Never again. That one is gonna, still gives me nightmares. Twilight, I'm definitely going to read again. Probably the only ones I'd read again are The Hunger Games and Twilight. And His Dark Materials. What did we read before this series? The Giver. No. Never again. Oh, never, never. <laughs> so, yeah, I would only ever reread The Hunger Games or Twilight, which those are the series that I've read well, no, I said The Hunger Games I had not read multiple times. The Twilight, we already said it. That cycles through every couple of years. So I would, even I would though also I read do think the material. podcast slightly ruined it for me. So I'm going to have to wait maybe like five years. No, I, we only ruined it because we read Midnight Sun right afterwards. But I, I would read Twilight. I would read. Eh, as I get older, I mean, we talked about it. As I get older, like the scenes in Eclipse, 
Yeah, Eclipse, where she's, like, tolerating the abuse. Yeah, the scenes in Eclipse where we, you know, had to have the warnings and stuff. It was It was just, like, I just don't know if I'm going to be, like, recommending my kids to read this. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, because as it becomes more and more outdated, that's what I mean, of, like, the concepts to be, like, oh, you know, like, no. But anyway, back to this where we got to wrap it up because we're really running the time here. But, you know, that was obviously a very depressing ending, but... We will be moving on next week to our eighth series. And luckily, the next books are going to be a little shorter. So hopefully our episodes won't be as long. So for next week, we're reading the first half of The City of Ember by... Jean Depro. Jean Depro. I have no idea. And that's going to be chapters one through ten. So already half of what we've been reading yeah. for Divergent. Also, these books are each like 300 pages. Like, this is going to go so snappy. And if you have predictions, theories, questions, comments, you want to talk about anything we discussed, you feel the same disgust that we feel, remember you can always stay in touch with us directly on the Nerd Party website. You just head over to nerdparty.com slash contact, you select throwback paperback, and that'll send an email to us there. You can also get in touch with the network at large on Twitter at joinnerdparty, facebook.com slash nerdparty, or Instagram at the nerdparty. To find me personally, I'm at Sheeland on Twitter, where I am not at all active, and at Seashells on t- Instagram, where I am very active. And I'm at Asiabonia on Twitter, which I don't even know if I know my password, so that's never been logged into. And at Asiadopony on Instagram, where I do regularly check. <laughs> if you enjoyed this, as always, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other awesome podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. And make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yes. Hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.